Yeah. And um, I mean, everybody else's. It just seems like their first couple rounds were too strong. It looks like you still have a chance because where you are, if um, who was it? The Hawkeyes, Iowa. Yeah. If yeah. if Iowa wins, then I mean, you can you can take over because. I mean, so many people are picking Baylor and Gonzaga this year. I mean, if yeah. I mean, yeah. and and then we got, <laughs> then we also got the point like we don't know what's gonna like how everything's gonna shake out. I mean, we've already had one game canceled because of COVID nineteen, and that game was a uh, Oregon versus VCU, which. VCU is it? They're not the VCU they were a couple years ago. It was back part, yeah, exactly, right. but everybody keeps their eye on them nowadays. I tell you what, Iowa got lucky that they don't have to play VCU. VCU, I think, would have won that game. I mean, that's I had them winning in the bracket against Oregon. Yeah, Oregon's a yeah. seven and VCU was a ten, but I had a feeling VCU was still gonna take it. But you know, who knows? Exactly, that's crazy. I, I did not expect to, to be seeing any teams get get coveted out you know i i did not either but i mean we could still see i mean what happens in the championship and and stuff like that when we see yeah. another possible covid19 i mean covid19 could take out uh teams so much easier than the actual um so it makes you wonder like after this first you know, the first two uh rounds yeah you get more space between them after this right don't we like go to a couple days and then almost a week out before the championship kind of thing uh let me uh, let me peek at the schedule while you yeah it's something yeah the sweet 16 is march 27th okay yeah um we've got five days before that starts and then elite eight is that you know immediately after and then you go a whole week until uh, the championship on Monday, the April fifth. So, uh, yeah, it, maybe they do spread them out if if we get to that in the middle of it, you know. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they say okay, we're gonna we're not gonna forfeit this game. I mean, this is a game that people want to see, and there's money involved. So I, I think yeah. they probably would spread it out if if, if that happened. Um, but yeah, for the first and second round, there's nothing you can do, man. You can't you can't let them play. Yeah, COVID. I mean, you you can't, and that's what took VCU out. And now we're looking at um, today. There's a chance that maybe we'll get some other upsets. I mean, we got we got teams like another a ten seed Maryland going up against. Um, Alabama at a two. Could the Terps come through and pull it out? It's been such a such a different basketball season this year with COVID, the way that everything was played out. I mean, now they're in it's almost like anybody has a chance, especially when we're not looking at Baylor or Gonzaga. I mean, they I mean, they have a great chance, obviously, is what I'm trying to say. Just because, I mean, they've been balling all year long. 
Yeah. I mean, Villanova, though, they can get hot, man. They're they're on a roll right now. I mean, uh, they ended up doing what a lot of people didn't think was going to happen. And yeah. Beat. I mean, they beat Winthrop pretty easily. It wasn't even that close of a game. North Texas North Texas started out pretty good yesterday after evening, and then uh, Villanova just took it, took it and ran with it. Um, yeah, Villanova could beat Baylor. I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't, but uh, wouldn't that be a shock? Yeah. Bust every bracket so i'm happy with other people's brackets being busted and i think most most people are on the same page yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sitting here uh giving you tea like uh you know the commercial kenny smith comes up answers the phone call about uh his board and the guy says yeah go ahead just rip it up and uh enjoy the rest of the games that's <laughs> where i'm at <laughs> i have multiple fractures in my bracket and now i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the games but here's the thing that I'm loving, and I, I watched a little more college basketball this year than I have in years past. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of good teams out there, and there are a lot of good players. Anything can yeah. happen at this point. I, I think Baylor and Gonzaga are obviously going to be the toughest ones to oust in this. But look at look at what we've got going on, man. We've got Iowa. upsets everywhere. Iowa's going to come in come in hard for Gonzaga. That's going to be a game right there, man. That is going to be a game. You're saying Iowa, Gonzaga? Well, I guess, yeah, I guess they both got to make it there first. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. How good is Loyola Chicago? I mean, that's a pretty solid team if you watched that game yesterday. Yeah, man. I mean, they're yeah. an eight seed. They probably should have been a three or a four, but they're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's these smaller schools, man. Them Oral Roberts. I mean, who knew Oral Roberts would be? They're like a they're running a pro style offense. They're just mixing it up, man. They, these teams can't defend them. They're they're switching this the offense up every time down the court. They can't keep up with them. Yeah, they give. It, it's almost like when I was watching the uh, Ohio State game. It's like. They would they would lay off the gas just for a second, and Ohio State would feel like they were back in, and then next thing you know, Oral Roberts has five to eight more points on the board. I mean, it only gets easier, you know, for Oral Roberts. I mean, they 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 already took out the number two. I mean, I guess they got to take out the number three if they if if they get that, and then then they've got Baylor. But we could see them in the final four, dude. And they, I am, I'm rooting on. I mean, who knows what will happen with Baylor? If Villanova beats Baylor, who knows? So we'll see. I mean, it's, Elite Eight is definitely a possibility, though. Yeah. yeah. So let's go Oral. Everybody, everybody's better with some Oral, you know. Yeah, Oral Roberts taking the uh, tournament over, and um, Michigan. LSU, we got Colorado, Florida. Those are all kind of easy matchups. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you no matter with the UCLA and Abilene Christian, um, yeah. is that? Um, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a double digit seed moving on to the next round, no matter what. So we got that. Yeah. Crazy! I did not expect te- Texas to get bounced by Abilene Christian, man. I mean, 
So that's where Shaka Smart's at now, right? Or is he at Tennessee? I know he's one of them orange teams. <laughs> he's at Texas, right? Yeah. I believe he's at so, Texas. Yeah. I think, uh, man, that how crazy is that that they lost in the first round? Mm-mm-mm. It's yeah, madness, man. It, it is madness. It, and how great that we get another, another round of, of games today on a Monday. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's fun just having so much basketball thrown at you. Um and and then you got somebody like I know I know Syracuse they're a uh they're a 5 seed, but man, they're they're looking around a little shell-shocked. If you've seen any of their um That was a great game. Post game uh post-game news conferences they're walking around uh, a little shocked shell shocked they're like man i really didn't expect to be here right now but i mean they're they're going through playing really tough you think they have that chance against houston i mean houston uh, houston i thought they were gonna drop that game (laughs) to Rutgers. i mean Dude, I, I'm telling you, man, I you I have not seen uh, Beheim pick his nose yet, but he's got the mask on. So I mean, can't pick your nose with the mask. Pick, you I guess. can't. I mean, and maybe maybe but, that's why he's staying in the uh, tournament. They they haven't gotten that good sideline pick. Yeah. For yeah, exactly. something like that. And then you got his son who's balling too. I mean, that dude's legit. Buddy Beheim is he's good. Boy's good. Yeah. How cool is that that you got a head coach and a son on the same team and they're making moves in the uh, in the dance here? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's you're playing good. Mm-hmm. That goes we back about to. Well, so we talked about Q's last week uh, coming into it, thinking they could possibly be a sleeper making noise in the first couple rounds. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a I'm a Q's fan in this whole thing. You know, uh, being from being from Central New York or growing up around the Orange, um, watching them play. So that, it's yeah. nice seeing them, 11 seed, another one of those double digits making moves and playing really well if you watched them play yesterday. Yeah. Buddy can shoot it. Yeah. I mean, what did he get, 30 points yesterday? Now, now my question is, like you said, uh, Jeff, it, it's awesome for us to watch it. It's got to be even – Ten times better for them to be on the um, sideline. I mean, I've coached my son in in amateur youth sports, and I mean, it's it's great memories and moments and things like that. Now you're in the dance. He's a junior. Does he stick around for his senior year? I, yeah, I think he does. Probably. What do you think? I, I think so. I think so. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, they've got to be having some of the the best moments in their life right now. Yeah. I mean, you're never gonna get to do this again with your dad, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If I'm if I'm him, I'm staying. There's no question. I'm I'm trying to make this team better. I mean, look how far they got this year already. You're yeah, the one year player year. on the team that can technically go to coach and get a hundred dollar bill whenever you want. I mean, 
He's yeah. coach's son. It's not. He's not paying him. I mean, he's. It's yeah. just supporting your son. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. So I mean, I I think he would stay. If it was me, I would stay. It's got to be awesome and just. I mean, making making family memories along with college basketball memories and history like that. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love March Madness. It's the best. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a little upset that we have to wait all the way until, what is it, 7 o'clock to see the Terps ball? Yeah, man, I'm a little bit upset about that, too. I got a soccer game at 9.30 tonight. Ooh, 8.45. Yeah. Oh, man, you got a soccer game. What are you, uh, yeah. what position are you playing nowadays? Oh, it's indoor, so it's just uh, six on each side and then a keeper. Oh, so okay. Just kind of moving around wherever. Usually okay. the top, but one of the top three. When's the last time you had a, uh indoor game? Last uh, we've been week? playing Monday night. Every, yeah, every Monday night for the last, what, two months now, so. But yeah. How many goals do you have on the season? Well, uh, it's probably around like 11 or 12. I had a hat trick two weeks ago. All right. So pretty- Tim play in that in that league? Nah. Nah, he's not on this one. Oh. Come on, Tim. <laughs> he's, too, he's too greedy out there, man. He, he never <laughs> wants to come off the field. So. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm start. like, get me off, get me out of here. I'm too worn out all the time. You need to catch some, uh, some air. Come up yeah, for some air. Yeah. No doubt, dude. What do you guys think, Who, Kels? Who's your, who's your favorite team right now? Uh, that's still in it. What, who do you like the most? Other than, other than Gonzaga, other than the ones. You got any, any, anybody that's not a one that you think could do it? I mean. The only one that's left in my bracket that's not a one that's even on the board still is Alabama. But Ooh. I just don't have a lot of faith in them because they had one of their big guys get injured before the, the dance. So, I don't it's know, man. Terps. Gonzaga's the favorite, and this might be this might be the year someone like the Terps or the Syracuse Orangemen end up in the Final Four, man. I or think you're Oral right. Roberts or somebody, you know. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Loyola. Is, yeah, dude, these – it is crazy what's going on this this year. It's fun. It's fun because normally this happens to my bracket and my champion's already done. But I pick Gonzaga, so it, it's fun to watch everyone around around that for yeah, me. What about you? What about you, Jamie? And even if Gonzaga loses, it's still fun. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I'll tell you, like, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, that Loyola Chicago team, they're. They seem pretty special to me. They, they they were in the Final Four a couple years ago. They've got a couple guys back on the, on the team still, back at it. They're an experienced yeah. team. They're quick. I mean, they're tough on defense. Um, you know, Maryland looked really good the other day. I'm going to come back and give you a little props on your Maryland Terps. Um, curious to see how they look today and how they bounce back in their second-round game. Bama's pretty tough, but Maryland, Maryland played – Play pretty hard, um, it, you know. You I got was, you I got Florida State sitting out there, who's a pretty decent team. Yeah, 
Um, Dude, so- Iowa, Iowa's kind of just sleeping on people still, even though they got the, one of the best players in the country. I, I like what I've seen. You're going to see a lot of good basketball coming out of here. Oh, yeah. You know what's crazy? We could have an Elite Eight with Loyola Chicago against Syracuse. That'd be crazy. That'd be, Two teams yeah. that no one thought would be there. I mean, right? The only the only way you're picking either one of them teams uh, I mean, is if you go to the school. <laughs> Villanova looks pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Jay I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yeah, Jay Wright's a hell of a coach, man. He gets his guys ready. They they had a really bad year this year too, considering. I mean, c- compared to how they normally have been the last you know five, ten years. Um, but yeah, they're yeah they're a solid team. Man. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be cheering for Oral Roberts on one side of the bracket, and then I'm cheering for the Terps on the other side. I mean, if the Terps are there, I'm gonna be cheering for them. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pick them to get past Alabama, but I mean, like Jamie said, they were playing good, and I mean, sometimes they look like they're one of the top teams in in college basketball this year, and then other times they've come out like just so flat. So, yeah. I mean, if they yeah. keep that energy up and that intensity, then I mean, they could they could do huge things, but. I mean, I I got to stick with uh, Oral. Well, that's the thing, man. I think for the Terps, like they they get up for the big games and lose the the teams that they shouldn't lose to. Um, they're all big games now. They're a tourney team, man. I think this is their this is a good year for them in the in the tournament. But yeah, I mean, Bama's a tough tough team, and uh, we'll see if they can make it past them. I've got Maryland going to the Elite Eight against Michigan. Um, and then Michigan winning, so we'll see. Mm, okay. Yeah. We'll see how we do. All right. All right. I want to remind everyone you are listening to the Bring It In show. You could check us out on Facebook live streaming. Hit us up on at nine one two seven one two five zero seven seven. If you're cruising around Savannah. Turn your radio on to 107.5 FM and let us help you get your errands done. Check us out on uh, WRUU.org, all those good places, you know. Man, you got some old trapper, Jeff? Is that what you're going? You know it. Oh, man. I was so happy when I found that hot and spicy the other other day. I've been... uh, Oh, 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 yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So the uh, the Savannah Falcons are suiting up. They they had a bye last week, so they, they've been working on things, and now they're going up to North Charleston, South Carolina, to play up against the uh, Spartans on Saturday the 27th i believe that's saturday yeah um kickoffs at six o'clock is i mean gonna be a big game it's their second game first first technical game on the road everybody i mean it's up in north charleston so i mean it's not a easy game to get out to but i mean show your support show your love at savannah falcons 
uh, semi-pro football team on Facebook. Get out there. Let them know that you're supporting them even when you're not there. And we do have a pretty cool guest coming on the uh, show in a little bit. So we're going to take a quick station break get some info out for you guys and uh we'll be right back you're listening to wruu lp savannah georgia 107.5 fm wruu.org we are savannah soundings community radio with global soul yeah it's that time again you hear that jeff it's that time. Time for a smoothie. Time for I, I, you. Oh man, you're gonna love the smoothies at Brighter Day when you get down here to uh, visit us. I mean, uh, I suspect you're gonna be at that uh, that to go window at least at least every morning you're here. So I mean, I know you've been listening and you are ready for that. But that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about voting for the best of Savannah in the Connect. I mean, let everybody know. Give it to us give it to us again. Um you love us talking about Oral Roberts uh turning their way through the basketball tournament. Um, I mean, best of Savannah. Last year, we were the best talk radio station in Savannah. Voted by listeners and, I mean, just just good people out there. So vote for us again. Check out Connect Savannah and uh, vote for us. And there are all kinds of other... um, there are all kinds of other categories, like your best food and best newscasters, TV people, best morning show. Hey, you could vote for the Bring It In show as the best morning radio show in Savannah. Just let them know. Let them know what you think. And like I was saying before, we... Uh, Left for the break. The Savannah Falcons, they do have a game this weekend. North Charleston, South Carolina, against the Spartans. It'll be their first away game. And then we have, a, I believe, a couple more weeks until they'll be back at home. But when they are back at home, it's going to be against the uh, Savannah Raiders technically an away game for the Falcons but I mean they uh they'll still be they'll still be in Savannah so it'll be a good rivalry game uh I mean the Savannah Raiders they're 2 and 0 now they played uh I can't remember who they played last week but they they won that game uh, I want to say 16 to 14 so it was a close game but yeah, get out there, support them. April 17th, I'm almost positive. I'm looking at the uh, schedule. April 17th is when they will be back in Savannah. So keep your calendars open. And, um, yeah, by then, I'll, I'll have my... Is that your birthday, then? Is it, your birthday around then? It, yeah, my, 
my birthday is the day before, so. And uh, that's close. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be one step closer to uh, being vaccinated too. So yeah. I mean, just getting. Getting you, pumped up. Any of you guys got a schedule on that yet, or are you just waiting still? I, I got to wait until uh, in Maryland, they're going to open it up to everybody on the 27th. Oh, okay. I want to say Georgia may be opening it up to everybody this week. I'm not 100% sure. I went and uh, I was able to get one last week. So nice. I got my first. Awesome first round in me and uh yeah right before that game i'll be getting my second one so that's awesome yeah but you guys got you guys had some weather this weekend didn't you or is that is that now uh yeah we got some uh some good rain that was yeah that was about it on i mean what was it friday maybe they or Thursday, they some tornadoes came through. Um, not not really tornadoes here. It was like um, rotational oh, winds. It came from, yeah, yeah gotcha. but it was like part of that same storm that the tornadoes I think hit Alabama. So it hit us. Yeah. I mean, they sounded the alarms. Everybody. I mean. Most most people took shelter for a little bit, but the um the rotational winds they were out over by Pooler a little more than actual in Savannah. So yeah, I mean there's you guys uh have you guys done anything else this year or this weekend besides watching uh college basketball i mean beer college basketball and then i was mudding some dry mudding and taping drywall so that was a fun fun time i'm sore yeah (laughs) but you guys (laughs) um it's just been uh pretty much pretty much just hanging out at the house basketball Yesterday was my son's birthday, so oh, we we had yeah we had we had a good old time. He had a good time, so that's good. Yeah, man, you know I really enjoy watching uh, Barkley and that crew in the pregame show and during you know between games, man, they're funny, man. Yeah, Charles Barkley, he's he's one of the best, I think. Yeah, man, so. Yeah, yeah. You I never mean, know what you never know what Barkley's gonna come up with next. He's this kind of entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So um, now I would like to uh, welcome our guest. We I would like to welcome in NASCAR Camping World Truck Series driver and the creator of mash on it apparel to the show uh gus dean let's see if we could get him up in here yeah we got him all right hey gus how's it going i'm doing good guys how are y'all oh we're doing what's happening man good to have you on here 
Yes, sir. Good to be here. Yeah. So um, I want to just uh, jump into it. I saw earlier this year you actually raced uh, one race in Daytona. And I mean, that's that's just, I mean, probably the most iconic uh, raceway for anybody. I mean, Talladega is big up there too. And I saw last year you actually, the two races that you did race in were Talladega and Daytona. And I mean, just, uh, so you, you show up to Daytona on like, give me a uh, little walkthrough on when you get to the track and how many hours a week do you are you actually in the truck and stuff like that? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it varies all depending on the track. Um, you know, the team I've raced with now, or I'm racing with now, I've raced with for quite some time. So, um, see, a lot of they, they're all the trucks are built in and they have my measurements already. So, I don't really have to go uh, in there to sit in the truck quite as often. Um, a lot of people see the trucks and stuff like that on the track and they think they're all the same one cause they all look the same, but, uh, like every team has a conglomerate of cars. Uh, myself personally on my team, I have, uh, 17 cars in total. Um, and we have a, a primary and a backup for the super speedways, a primary and a backup for the intermediates, a primary and a backup for the short tracks primary and a backup for the dirt tracks and a primary and a backup for the road course cars and then several specialty cars. So, um, you know, they, it takes a while to get those cars built because or built to you because the seats, everybody's seats measure differently, right? Cause they fit our, our seats to us. Like you would go get a suit fitted to you. Every measurement is taken. Okay. Um, so the brackets, they're not really adjustable. They have to weld up the bars to the seats themselves, um, to bolt them in. Once those bars are welded in, they can just rebolt the seats back together. So nowadays, I don't have to go in quite as much, but uh, when we were getting going with the team, I was there quite often throughout the week. Okay, okay. Um, and when you when you get in and you you're running your qualifying, you feel how the the trucker cars running um, from from that point to actual race day is is your team just constantly working on things trying to figure out like how to get the truck because um, i'm guessing sometimes like the truck's running great and then i mean then other times i hear guys talking about their cars and trucks running slower is i mean can your truck just like one day you pull it out of the garage and for no reason that you can think of, it just like feels more muddy or slower kind of. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, we've, we've gone to the racetrack before and practiced on Friday and raced on Saturday and it felt like two totally different trucks and we didn't change a thing. Um, I mean, everything is so, it's so precision tuned to the, smallest detail that the humidity the temperature the the amount of sunshine on the track versus shade all of that can affect it uh pretty substantially um the guys get there about six o'clock in the morning um and really they just have enough time to go use the restroom when they need to and grab a bite to eat on the on the go 
Um, they're working pretty much the whole time. doesn't really matter for fast or slow, uh, but they're always trying to improve it or make sure everything's on there right and everything like that. Um, you know, yeah, it, uh, it it is definitely a much more frustrating day when, when the truck doesn't want to cooperate. But, um, you know, it's it, most of the time how you have the car set up from the shop, um, when you get to the track, that's going to be a good indicator on how your weekend's going to go. If it's fast, you're, you're just going to keep making small improvements. If you're having a bad weekend and it's slow, it's really, really hard to gain that ground back up uh, throughout the weekend, like in between the practices and stuff like that. You're trying to just make best of a bad situation at that point because so much of it depends on the setup back at the shop, and we don't have time for re reassembly at the track. Okay. What's the, uh, what's the fastest you've ever gone? So – Believe it or not, a lot of people think that the fastest tracks we go to are Daytona and Talladega because they're the biggest, but they're actually yeah. not. They're restrictor plate races. Um, the fastest place we go to is Michigan because it is the largest track that we go to unrestricted, and I've been about 217 uh, getting into turn one at Michigan. Okay. Is that in the uh, truck or in the in the car? Because I saw a couple years yeah. ago you were racing – you you did the whole the entire year you were racing every single race. I saw you got uh got was that your first win over Talladega in two thousand sixteen? Yeah, that, first... well that was my first in the big bigger series. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um and the the two seventeen in turn one, that was um that was in the Arca car as well. Um the Arca cars, believe it or not, well not anymore because NASCAR took over the series and they took two hundred more horsepower away from them. Because you know they're NASCAR and they can, I guess. Yeah. But um, I, I, in my mind, it's kind of counterproductive. Like, are we? Dale Earnhardt said at one time, "Are we here to race or are we here to drive around?" <laughs> you know, I don't really see the need to take horsepower away from the race cars. If you're too scared to do it, then you don't need to do it. But, um, but yeah. So before they took the horsepower away from us, we were uh, we were one of the fastest cars to go around Michigan International Speedway. Okay, and. Um... What's the uh, steepness on the bank on that? Do you know? I'm not sure about Michigan. Um, I do know Daytona and Talladega. I don't know the actual degree. I should. That's that's more the crew chief side of things. Yeah. But, uh, but I do know uh, Daytona and Talladega, you can go and stand on what we call the apron, which is pretty much that paved piece of flat ground at the bottom of the track. Yeah. You can stand on the apron and take your hand and touch the side of the racetrack. Um, so it's it's pretty steep. You have to be going at least. Um, I want to say at Talladega it's fifty three miles an hour. You have to be going to be able to stay up on the track. Otherwise, your car will slide down. <laughs> Man, what's it like when you're when you're experiencing that, like going around there? I mean, I'm guessing right now. Now you're so used to it. Um, I mean, it's just it's just another another day at work for you, but. When you're first getting up on a steep uh, turn like that, what what's going through your your mind and body? So, believe it or not, that's that's um that's a really big misconception on how it feels. So, even though you see it on TV and at the track, it looks like we're making a left hand turn. When the banking is that steep, we're turned sideways with it as well. So the best thing I can compare it to is if you've ever been on a roller coaster that did a loop-de-loop, -loop, um, you know, when you're going around that loop-de-loop, -loop, imagine it going sideways. 
you're not actually, you know, if you're driving the car, it's not pushing you over to the right going around a left-hand corner like it would in a street car. It's actually pushing you down. So, in other words, it's like a, it's like a plane on takeoff coming up. Um, a little G-force. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, when we look at a car, so if there's a car ahead of us, um, you know, in a normal corner, you would be looking off to the left because you're turning left and they're more so to the left. Where for us at Daytona and Talladega, if there's a car in front of us, we're actually looking up at the top of the windshield because they're above us. Um, the the forces are pushing you down. Actually, the um, the I turned I tried to turn on one of my fans because um, we have fans for the brakes, the radiators, the transmission. I mean, you got to keep everything cool. Um, and the crew chief this is one of my first super speedway races. I think it was actually in practice. Um, and I went to turn on the fan. Well, when I let go of the steering wheel in the corner, my arm dropped and I couldn't get my arm back up to turn on the switches until I came out of the corner and then I could lift it up and turn on the switch. So I never did that again. But, uh, <laughs> that was, that was pretty wild trying to hang on to it with one hand through the corner. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I just can't imagine coming into those corners at that speed with cars, just two feet, you know, behind you, man, how much trust is it? with uh you know uh your, tr your crew chief and everything driving these cars uh correct me if i'm wrong there's no brake lights right oh no no no, no brake <laughs> so you put a lot of faith in that crew chief man driving that fast how tough is it for you to re rely on that and not keep yourself looking around at everything well so like the short tracks and intermediate tracks and stuff like that you know that's um that's a lot on the driver as far as the super speedway goes they should give out two trophies, one for the driver and one for the spotter, because it's just as much the spotter as it is the driver. Um, and you have to have an unbelievable amount of trust in that spotter. So, you know, when we clear what well, we say, clear up on a guy, which means like, you know, we make the pass and we're officially in front of him and we can jump back in line and cut in front of him like somebody cutting you off on the highway. Except in racing, it's it's, you know, expected, not, you know, you know he's not a jerk for doing it. Um, yeah. We're, we're making that clearance with about two to three inches sometimes uh, before we jump up. So if you imagine somebody passing you on the highway and then snatching their car in front of you and only missing you by about two or three inches, that's what we're doing at about 200 miles an hour. So if he's wrong, that's a real quick way to go head first in a wall at 200 miles an hour. And I've done that, and it's not fun at all. So you really have to have a lot of trust in that spotter. Um I mean, my spotter, Tyler Mon, he's actually a spotter for Kyle Larson uh, as well uh, in the new the new Kyle Larson ride. So him and I are like brothers, and you really have to be. I mean, you have to have an unbelievable amount of trust in him. You have to have a lot of trust in the crew and stuff like that because a lot of times, especially through the COVID mandates, we haven't had time to do a lot of practice. If practice at all, there's been some races where we had to go straight to green so you really have to hope that that those crew guys didn't miss any loose nuts or bolts or anything like that when you sail the car in there 200 miles an hour and try to make it go left um i mean it, it has a way of finding something that's left loose really quick so so when you're driving you got your earpiece and you're talking to the spotter all the time are you talking to anyone else are you talking to the crew chief as well or is it just you and the spotter so there we run radios that have upwards to eight channels um, most of the time we only run two channels. So we have a primary and secondary channel for the driver, which means if something happens with channel one, 
Um, it's no different than if you have walkie-talkies and somebody has a walkie-talkie that's on that same frequency, you can hear them talk sometimes. Well, obviously, if they interrupt my spotter when we're doing something like that, that's a really bad situation. So we will have channel one and channel two for me. That way, if something happens with channel one, we're having interference, whatever, I can switch to channel two. Um, the only people that can talk to me when I'm out there on the track is the spotter. The, the, the only person that can talk to me at all when I'm under green is the spotter. When I'm at speed, the spotter is the only one to talk to me. Um, when I'm under caution and I'm going slow, the crew chief can talk to me as well. Um, but then they run channels three and four, and they can talk to each other and talk to the crew behind the scenes where I can't hear it. So they can discuss, like, you know, the crew chief can talk to the, the um, pit crew guys, tell them to make this adjustment, that adjustment, you know, we're going to replace this tire. They can go ahead and have that conversation behind the scenes where it's not distracting me when I'm at speed. So the only person I hear is the spotter. And as you're driving, you're you're probably evaluating your vehicle. Uh, so you're you're putting in feedback to the spotter and the crew chief as to some adjustments that you need to make mid mid flight, you know, mid run. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm giving a them. lot of that has come down to so much science anymore. You know, temperature of the day, tires, uh, you know, your inflation on that. You know what what you all that comes into play are you giving a lot of feedback to your crew as you come into pit so you can make some changes oh absolutely so the crew chief and the spotter they actually run a multiple input radio system which means um the the spotter actually has four radios so he hears i mean you have to really be talented i tried to spot one time as a favor for a friend of mine in practice with eight other cars on the track and i will never ever do it again that's way more nerve-wracking than driving i hated it it was terrifying i'd rather go 200 than try to do that um they actually they have four radios on their side three of them they listen to at once they listen to race control from nascar they listen to the crew chief and the back channel for the crew, and then they listen to the primary radio talking to me, and they have to be able to decipher all that, it, you know, even when they talk all at once. So that's not fun. I don't know how they do it. I don't know why they do it, but I'm glad they do. Uh, but, yeah, I'm giving information constantly. The crew chief, like the spotter, he runs a two-channel radio system. So he can hear what I'm saying the entire time while also being able to talk to the crew. Um I'm giving information the entire time. We have a whole lot of different, I mean, you know, terminology and stuff like that. In other words, if we say a race car is tight, that means we turn the wheel and the car wants to keep going straight. When a race car is loose, that means we turn the wheel and it wants to go sideways like a drift car, right? Now, you break that down, then you have chassis loose and chassis tight which means that you know the shocks and the springs and their tires or something like that is making that car tight or loose then you have aerodynamic loose aerodynamic tight what we call aero tight aero loose that means that something on the body or you know the cars around us with the aerodynamics are making us loose or making us tight um and then you have front end loose which is pretty much exactly like being tight but it's with the front tires are sliding versus not wanting to turn and believe it or not there is a difference and i have to know how to decipher that difference and tell the crew chief what that difference is before we go under caution because most of the time by the time the caution flag comes out i don't have enough time to relay all the information that i've felt um before i have to come down pit road so he has to know that information ahead of time so he can make a decision and have it prepared for what we're going to right in and get it fixed all right when was the uh first time you ever 
raced anything and what type of vehicle was it did you start in motocross or did you start in the uh i believe it's quarter midget races was it a local thing i started in dirt go-karts which is actually lower than quarter midgets um i'm 26 years old and i have been racing for 21 years i started when i was five years old um racing go-karts and then i moved up from go-karts into what we call an allison legacy car which looks exactly like a nascar cup car except it's three-quarter scale and it runs a four-cylinder motor um from there i went to super late models which are actually the fastest short track cars in the world they're a thousand pounds lighter than the trucks but they have 200 horsepower more um that's one of the favorite cars to drive for sure uh, and then we moved yeah. up the ARCA stuff and Pro Cup here. Then primarily ARCA, and now we're in the uh, truck series. And I think I'm going to be able to do an Xfinity race or two this year. Oh, okay. Do you know Do you know when uh, you might be racing again, or is that just up in the air at the moment? It's kind of up in the air at the moment. We'll be making that announcement soon. We're trying to nail down some details. Um, it's probably going to be a super speedway like Daytona or Talladega or something like that. Um, but we're just not sure exactly what race or what date that is yet. So when we find out, we'll, we'll have to let you guys know. All right. Yeah, definitely. And, and with that, these past, uh, two years, it, I'm not sure if last year you kind of stepped back because of all the COVID restrictions and just the way it, it wrecked all sports at, at the beginning, but with you kind of stepping back and racing a little less, you've you've started this new company mash on it right yeah so mash on it is you know everybody's got their apparel lines now right yeah I had to jump but uh mash on it is for people like me who you know they're gearheads they you know I, like i have a mini bike that it, like with the baja warriors that you see at tractor supply and stuff like that have a little go-kart engine on them um, mine has a YZ125 with a turbo and electronic fuel injected running an eight ounce shot of nitrous runs like 56 miles an hour. So <laughs> it's, you know, they, there's absolutely no purpose for that whatsoever just to see if I can do it. And there's a lot of people just like me that, you know, it's, it's not how fast should something go. It's how fast can something go. Yeah. Um, and it's that, that love for it and love for the sport and speed and adrenaline that keeps us just south of normal. And, uh, you know, there's not really a, an apparel line to, to fill that void. So that's what Mash On is all about. Yeah, I, I love it. And the name, I mean, it just it just screams speed, Mash On it. Because, I mean, once you know that what you're mashing on, I mean, it's it's got to be the gas pedal, right? I mean. That's right. That's right. Actually, we're uh, – we're coming out with a new t-shirt um and i love the phrase that we came up for it because it's so true speed is a number fast is a feeling and that that is that is the truth because you know you can be going 40 miles an hour in your car it feels like you're barely crawling but if you go 40 miles an hour on a scooter you're you know you're you're, you're, you're getting, <laughs> <laughs> or on roller skates you get 40 miles an hour you're gonna start shaking a bit yeah so it's, yeah. speed is a number fast is a feeling Nice. So with you starting this, uh, this apparel company, I've seen on some of your trucks, uh, mash on it. Are you, uh, getting into the sponsorship of 
other racing teams or helping sponsor your your own racing team getting just getting the name out there and things like that are you uh sponsoring some of those uh smaller smaller tracks where you came from and teams like that do teams do younger and smaller uh local race circuits do they work the same way with sponsors as we see on nascar because i mean one on nascar you have almost every single inch of that car covered with a different sponsor and stuff and i mean i know racing's got to be expensive oh it is i mean we have to that you know to have a fully built race truck ready to go is about 150 grand and we can tear those up in about a half a second um even you know in the lower circuits like the super late models the one shock on the super late model can cost around $3,500 and that's just one part that, go, that goes on there. So, um, you know, it, it's, it can get very expensive. We run special alloy springs that are about $800 a piece. Um, I mean, it, it gets ridiculous. So, um, yeah, we absolutely need the sponsorship in any form of racing. Um, we're actually getting in on the mash on its side, just spreading awareness of the brand beyond circle track racing. We're sponsoring a mud truck this year. Um, they are running almost a thousand horsepower to the wheels. And I mean, it's crazy when you think about a mud truck, you think about, uh, like a monster truck kind of playing in the mud and bogging a bit, but these things have so much horsepower. They kind of can just fly across the top like a boat. Um, it's pretty wild. It's pretty cool. Uh, we're sponsoring a girl named Jordan Twitty. She's, she's a badass. She's really cool. Um, she runs that truck just as good as any of the guys do. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting into that as big as we can. The sponsorship side, uh, on the NASCAR side, it's, it's just so much about the sponsorship. Um, I mean, really there's such a sponsorship gap between the lower teams and the higher teams. Um, and you really can't be competitive without a, a, a larger sponsorship dollar amount. Um, the sponsors that I had, they, they didn't advertise so much to the public as they did use the races like a client event to bring some of their larger clients to, you know, kind of show mm -hmm. them their race, sports, if you will. Um, when the COVID mandate came out and NASCAR couldn't allow fans inside the pits anymore, they couldn't do that. Um, so that really, they couldn't warrant the sponsorship when they couldn't bring their clients to the racetrack. Cause again, they don't really have a need to advertise to the public. Yeah. As soon Mandates lift and it gets a little bit more lax. Um, you know, we're looking forward to moving forward with that relationship, seeing what else we can do with it. All right. Nice. Nice. And I'm sure a lot of people around the low country are curious to know, because um, your popularity down here, uh, what is kind of next for you? Are you really just focusing on the business part? Are you really going to actively start getting back into racing? Are you staying in the truck series? Are you moving to something else? What's next for Gus? Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I have come back to Bluffton, um, and, uh, you know, I'm helping out on the family business with the HVAC side and, uh, working on Mac on it, building that up. You know, it's, uh, unfortunately I love to race more than I love to breathe, but I still got to pay the bills. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever stop racing that that is not in the cards or, you know, a fear of any kind. I'll always race something. I think I'd become an axe murderer if I couldn't race and get that adrenaline fix. But, um, you know, so we'll always race. As of right now, we're going to focus more on the super late model side, running some, you know, because that's, that's really where the fun racing is. There's not as much pressure. There's not as much 
uh, dog and pony show, if you will. We can really have fun with it. We're going to race some super late model stuff. I might run some dirt cars again like I used to because that's the racing that I really love. Um, so we're going to focus in on doing that. Um, you know, we're, uh, like I said, working on the HVAC side and, and just kind of just kind of continuing with life. I mean, honestly, to, to be quite honest, the, the racing side just doesn't pay what it used to, you know? Um, like I, I, I use this example all the time. Well, I can't really say that all that, but drivers are not making the near amount of the money that they used to, where they used to make millions. Now they'd be lucky to get into the six digit numbers. Um, and you know, there's just absolutely no job security whatsoever. You're on the road four days out of every week. Um, so it's hard to kind of have a family life and stuff like that when you're constantly on the road. Um, you know, if you don't know if you're going to have a job next year, that, that, you know, your wife and a couple kids, a house, truck, you got to pay for that can add up quick. When you were making eight, $9 million a year, um, if you lost your ride the next year, you were probably going to be okay unless you were just absolutely ridiculous with your money. Um, nowadays, you know, you're making 120,000. That's very good money. But if you have to stretch it over the course of two or three years with no other job skills, that can run pretty thin, pretty quick. So, um, you know, I'm kind of focusing more, shifting my focus on racing from a career, uh, to racing more for fun. And, um, you know, it, I've, I've been enjoying it a lot more than I have in a long time. So I'm looking forward to getting back to some of the grassroots racing that I missed and that I love so much. And, um, just seeing where it takes me from there. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I think I could sit here and talk to you and ask you questions for another 30 minutes, but we're coming to the uh, end of the show. So we're going to have to cut the uh, internet or cut the interview off right there. But at the bottom of the screen, I put it out there. Facebook uh, link for MASH on it. And I want to thank you again. We just talked to Gus Dean, and he has been racing in all all types of uh, races throughout his life. Uh, most recently, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. He was in Daytona, um, and he'll get he'll get to us, and we'll let you know when he's going to be racing again. Uh, thank you again, Gus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me on. I had a blast and hope to do it again soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Gus. I'll see you out there somewhere, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. And thank you for listening to the Bring It In Show today. Peace. Thank you for listening. Remember, we're here every Monday, 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock noon. And always stay tuned to 107.5. You're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org, Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul.